Welcome to the Commercial Matters Podcast. Your show host is Amit Kapoor, owner of Mindful Contract Solutions. Nothing in this podcast is intended to be legal advice. Hi folks, this is Amit Kapoor. Welcome to another episode of the Commercial Matters Podcast. In this week's episode, we are going to be covering the subject of negotiations. Now, I recognize that I'm by no means one of the few voices on negotiations because there are a lot of uh, people who would call themselves negotiators or negotiation experts. There are negotiation academies out there, negotiation training institutes, and just too much out there. In fact, before recording this podcast episode, I did a search for the word negotiations on Google and it turns out that there are 673 million articles on the internet. So I really wanted to carve a niche for myself and not talk about negotiations or negotiation techniques generally, but just share with you my experience of negotiations that I have been involved in about what are the kind of things that have been absent or good practices that have been absent in those negotiations. Now, obviously, if I set a goal like that for the podcast episode, that calls into question my own credibility to talk about the subject. So I actually happen to be very well read on the subject of negotiation and I'm not kind of saying that as any kind of bravado. It was just the case that in 2013, I took an advanced negotiation course from CEDAR, who are the Center for Effective Dispute Resolution. And part of that course required us to be reading, I think, about six to eight pieces of literature. I mean, we also got to do role plays and we had a very stressful crisis negotiation session as well. But one thing I can tell you with personal experience is knowing techniques is one thing, but being able to recognize the points in time you've got to apply those techniques is a different ball game altogether. But just generally, one of the things that being very well read on a subject does to you is it makes you realize sometimes in hindsight where you went wrong and what could have been done to make the outcome more favorable. So with that backdrop, I give you my three good negotiation practices that are often missed out in actual negotiations. Practice number one is preparation. I think it's trite to say that most people do not prepare well enough for negotiations. And that's often not because they do not have the time to prepare for it, but it can often be because they do not understand what good preparation entails. One thing I personally do when I start working with a new client on a situation that they are negotiating within is ask a few who, what and why type questions and see how much of it can my client or my potential clients authoritatively answer. So it'll be questions like, for example, why is it that the other side asks for this? Or what is it that the other side wants? Or who is it from the other side who is relaying these messages. And quickly in asking these questions and drilling further, what I realize is that actually my clients do not know quite often a lot about what the other side wants from the negotiation and what's driving them into the position that they are adopting. And that in my view can be a very big handicap coming into negotiations. Because if you don't know well enough about the other side, it's very difficult to be able to strike some kind of a bargain where you give them something that they would value highly but doesn't cost a lot for you to give. 
without adequate preparation, you cannot really haggle on anything other than price. But that's only one angle of preparation. The other angle which I would often look at, especially in you know large negotiations involving two large corporations engaged in a very intensive program of work, is that there would be multiple threads of conversations happening between those organizations. So it's really about finding out what is it that you are seeking from the negotiation and how much is that ask consistent with everything else that is happening between your organizations at various levels. It's probably easier to understand that with the help of an example. So to give an example from personal experience, once had a situation where working as part of a commercial team as for a buyer, I was trying to negotiate that the supplier shouldn't be charging a premium rate for weekend working. And what we in commercial hadn't realized was this had been a subject of discussion between the program teams a while back where the supplier themselves had rejected the proposal of working outside their normal working hours and it was instead our program that required these services to be performed on the weekend and therefore promises were made informally at least and there I was coming with my procurement hat trying to agree a deal which was inconsistent with what the program arrangements had been. So this is more of a get your own house in order kind of a point as well in that regard. So that was good practice number one was about preparations. So the second good practice that I see often omitted from negotiations is a consideration of an alternative to a negotiated outcome. Effectively, we don't really spend a lot of time considering what will happen if we don't reach a deal. And as I say, there are two problems with not thinking about this. The first problem is the operational risk of not knowing how things will progress if you don't reach a deal with another party. This is more pertinent in cases where you are engaged with a supplier. For example, if, if a buyer is engaged with a supplier over a long term and over multiple transactions through the relationship, and if you don't have agreement over a particular transaction, a particular trade within that relationship, we often don't think about what cascading impact that could have on other things that are happening in the relationship. And that's problem number one. The second problem is if you do not know what alternatives you have to a negotiated outcome, you cannot really decide what kind of demeanor do you take into the negotiations. I mean, should you be aggressive? Should you be collaborative? Should you pull strings to get what you want? Should you make a take it or leave it offer? And I would propose that one of the reasons why people don't spend enough time looking at an alternative course of action is the way they perceive negotiation to be. And often people can perceive negotiation as being just a process where you shave off a few pennies off a supplier. Or if you're on the sell side, then it's just a process about conceding just enough so that you can secure the deal now. And I would say that's quite a narrow-minded view of negotiations. It's quite a lazy view as well, because the ultimate goal of any negotiation is a favorable commercial outcome. And to be able to get a favorable commercial outcome, you really need to understand 
what are the alternatives and what they cost if you want to reach a negotiated deal. Now, one of the problems that people often say they have about trying to find out alternatives to negotiated outcomes is where they are kind of locked in with a supplier you know, over many years and there is yet another transaction that needs to be carried out. So A, they don't have enough energy for negotiations and B, they can't really do without reaching a deal of some kind. For any buyer, that's a bad place to be. But I would suggest that if you look hard, you will find abilities to identify alternatives that might be viable. And to give you an example, because I supply client-side teams uh, aside from being a commercial manager myself, our teams have sometimes picked up work on change requests that we could not agree with systems integrators. So effectively, our teams became a kind of a catch-all net for work that was deemed as commercially expensive to be delivered via the chosen systems integrators on the program. So moving things in-house is always an option open to you with the use of um, you know contract labor. Aside from that, I would really ask you to look at niche firms as an alternative when you can't get your chosen selected systems integrator to deliver a piece of work for you. So in summary, that was good practice number two, which was about a focus on identifying an alternative to a negotiated outcome. The third good practice around negotiation, which I see absent in many negotiations, is actually an understanding of the negotiation process itself. Most organizations I've come across tend to think of negotiation as the bidding phase, as in the phase in which you're actually trading offers and persuading the other party to accept your offer. So negotiation can be seen like a haggle. Negotiation, in fact, has a number of steps and two steps in particular that I think add a lot of value and aren't considered often enough are climate setting and finding coinage. Now, because these terms will be, I reckon, unfamiliar, I'm going to talk a bit about climate setting. So climate setting is about identifying what kind of demeanor you take to a negotiation meeting with a supplier. For example, if a supplier has issued a letter of claim for something it regards as disputed, then that is a signal from that supplier that it wants an adversarial solution. And quite often there would have been a lot of background that led to this situation. Now, natural reaction to something like that done by a supplier can be quite upsetting. You know, as a buyer, you're very natural to feel upset about it. But a consideration of climate setting means is you make an informed choice about how is it that you go back to the supplier? Do you take an aggressive tone or do you take a more calculated stance or do you simply delegate this matter to your legal advisors? The one thing I will say from personal experience is quite often just displaying the fact that you're upset is not going to cut it. That will be entirely what the supplier expects you to do. And it would have been a consideration before they decided to issue you a letter of claim. So if you want a supplier to reverse an act of aggression, 
which a letter of claim might often be construed as your reaction as a buyer has got to be of a different kind and therefore climate setting is a very important factor for you to consider. The second important stage of a negotiation is finding coinage. So coinage is basically the things that don't cost you a lot but are of immense value to the supplier or the other party for that matter. It goes without saying that in order to make the most out of this stage of the negotiation, you really have to have effective preparation done in advance because it's only with effective preparation that you recognize what might be of equal or commensurate value to the other side. So in summary, that was point number three, the good practice of understanding the different stages of a negotiation process and considering negotiation as much more than just a haggle on price. So that's it, folks. Thanks for listening to this podcast episode. I hope you found some value from this. If you like what you have been hearing, I would really encourage you to leave us a review on whatever device you listen to a podcast on. Your feedback will not just keep me motivated to keep going, but also will help more people to find the show. That's this week's episode of the Commercial Matters Podcast. Don't forget to join us next week for another episode. Thank you for listening.